0: Welcome to the Philip K. Dick Book Club. Um, so continuing on through Philip K. Dick's works, we'll we we'll be looking at Cookie Lady today. Yeah, it sounds like a silly story, but it's it's a bit fun. It's a it's a bit of fun. Uh, first published in fantasy fiction in June 1953, so we can see that Philip K. Dick is writing a fantasy story here. I don't think this could really be his first. Sometimes Dick is. I mean he's far enough from hard science fiction that a lot of his works could be classified either as sci-fi or fantasy it's probably best to just put him under the title of speculative fiction um but this is a work that's clearly fantasy it doesn't have any science fiction elements really um so it's published yeah june 1953 uh it's collected in the second volume of the collected stories of philip k dick um, So anyways, on to the plot summary. Um, So we got a guy named Bubber, uh, Bernard Searle, and he's going to go see an old neighborhood woman. He's mocked by his classmates. Uh, A classmate is completing his paper route, and he's mocked, uh, you know, just regular bullying, mocked for seeing this old woman. And he comes to the house of this old woman, whose name is Mrs. Drew. Uh, She's prepared milk and cookies for Bernard. He eats them. Uh, all the while, Mrs. Drew looks on. She urges him to stay and read a book to her. So here we have a pretty c- classic story of a young man who, you know, grade school or maybe junior high, visited in the neighborhood, old lady, and in exchange for milk and cookies, gets a, you know, gets stories. So that that's the, that's the situation, reading to her, you know, and this is sometimes the way people volunteer, right? And there's some old person who can't read the newspaper, her eyes don't work anymore. It gets read to. Um, I don't know how often that happens anymore, but I think it was more common back in the 50s and, and 60s. Stephen King puts that into his stories quite a lot, too. Anyways, so while Bernard reads, Mrs. Drew reflects on how odd her actions have become. Um, but it begins to happen again. The thing that happens is happening again. While Bernard is talking, Mrs. Drew becomes youthful suddenly. This brief transformation ends when Bernard stops reading and declares he has to go, but Mrs. Drew urges Bernard to visit again. So we have a situation in which somehow the presence of Bubber is making her temporarily young. At home, Bernard's parents talk about how suspicious it is that Bernard visits this old neighborhood woman every day, uh, saying you go there too often, Um, you should spend more time at home, spend more time with your studies, spend more time with your friends. His mother and father tell Bernard that he can only go visit her one more time. and Bernard is fine with this. Uh, he starts to think that maybe Mrs. Drew is strange anyways and he shouldn't spend as much time as he does there. Back in the old woman's house, Bernard is waiting for Mrs. Drew to finish making the cookies. He informs her that this will be her la- his last visit. Now, This time, while Bernard reads to her, she touches his arm. She feels Bernard's youngness flowing into her. And she has again changed into a younger version of herself. But on Bernard's insistence, she leaves to finish the cookies. He grabs the finished cookies, puts them in his pocket, and starts to leave. Uh, Mrs. Drew enjoys her youthful experience and begins planning to go out. But on his way home, Bernard feels exhausted and weak. And with the wind, he's forced to begin to rest at, a, um, at the lamppost and struggles onward. So he's, it's a ni- nice moment in which he's being t- tired out just by the wind and you know this sometimes might happen like when you're riding a bike or something but he's he's just walking home and he starts to feel weak from the wind he can't even fight the wind that he's facing um, and that's kind of the last we we see of Bernard in the story just kind of vanishes Bernard's parents begin to worry about him he doesn't come home what's happened to him and looking out the window his father observes a bundle of debris blowing in the wind striking the house and this we're led to believe is Bernard remains So Mrs. Drew has somehow taken his energy, taken his spirit, taken his youth and incorporated into herself to stay young forever, but at the expense of Bernard's life. All right, so that's the story. Um, So what do we do with this? How do we analyze this? I probably shouldn't take it too seriously, Um, but in this book club, I've been taking Philip Dick's stories a little bit too seriously, I think. So I'll just keep on doing that. Um, So this is a Hansel and Gretel story. on some levels uh dick points out that bernard is overweight uh due in no small part to the cookies he gets on a daily basis from mrs drew so mrs drew kind of has the characteristics of the wicked witch of the woods the wicked witch of the woods just the witch of the woods uh, of hansel and gretel uh, and this is kind of terrifying at times um Almost all the relationships we observe in this story are actually toxic. Bernard's parents treat him suspiciously, order him around, um, and we're going to see other stories in which we have this dysfunctional parent's uh, son relationship. Usually it's son's, but um, father-son relationship. There's a really interesting story called Father Thing, so we'll get to eventually. Uh, The parents only take an interest in in Bernard's life when he begins to become the, the kind of joked about in the community and other kids joke about him and, and the odd visits he makes to Mrs. Drew become more well known and then the parents are bothered by this because it's somehow embarrassing for them. Bernard is teased by his classmates, of course, so they have a dysfunctional relationship between his peers. And then of course the central relationship is the worst. Bernard uses Mrs. Drew to satisfy his need for cookies, something we guess his parents don't provide for him. and Mrs. Drew in turn uses Bernard, literally stealing his youth. Eventually, it leads to full-out murder. Um, The drive for her youth goes so far that she's willing to kill Bernard when he refuses to visit her anymore. So leave it to Philip K. Dick to turn a story about a boy visiting an old neighbor and keeping her company into a fable about the interpersonal network in suburban communities, uh, seeing basically every relationship as dysfunctional, uh, parasitic. Now, this is very much how it is in Hansel and Gretel, of course, The, the father... I'm thinking of the opera version, the, the Humperdinck opera version, but there you got the father who's aloof, the mother who's just cruel and, and vicious and, and jealous. though the, the witch, of course, is trying to eat the children. I guess the relationship between Hansel and Gretel is nice enough, but um, otherwise it's all pretty toxic relationships there too. Uh, Mrs. Drew is pretty remorseless about the damage she's causing to Bernard. Uh, now we really don't know the nature of it. We know she's making him fat, but, um, whether she's doing any long-term damage by the daily visits, it's not clear, but eventually she does kill this boy and for her, it's completely worth it. Um, she immediately thinks about how she's going to enjoy her life now. Quote, what a wonderful boy bursting with life, a swelling breast. She touched herself. The flesh was firm. There was so much, so many things to do she gazed around her breathing quickly so many things um, so i wonder if when we get into certain technologies and transhumanism that may allow us to extend life how much that will be at the expense of, of the poor of the helpless of the young even uh, there are there's novels that dick explores this theme more in detail such as in the crack in space in which you have a whole generation of young people literally kept in cryogenic suspension while the old people essentially live forever thanks to technology um, there's literally no social space for young people and there's no jobs available to them so they just go into cryogenic freezing indefinitely now this is really a terrible thing to think about um, how often do we consider the damage our actions cause others uh, this is a so, of course a central idea of marxism the commodity fetishism idea this idea that we um, become indifferent to the social relations at the heart of the commodities we buy or the things we benefit from. Consumers mitigated by the capitalist class typically steal the youth of children working in sweatshops for temporary pleasures. Um, I doubt something like this within his mind, but, but this is a clearly parasitic relationship between two individuals. It's hard, to, hard not to notice the role that age plays in parasitic relationships. It is not new, of course. Hansel and Gretel, has the same narrative of the old consuming the young, but in our late capitalist world, especially due to life extending technologies and just better medical health care, the political and economic powers of the older generations are more entrenched than ever. 40 is the new 20 may sound beautiful to the middle age, but it's actually a horrible thought for the real 20 year olds, I guess our millennials looking for work in an economy that's already overpopulated with excessive workers. So I think we can look at this story as a bit of a warning about how the old treat the young and how the old uh, misuse them and and steal their youth and or basically treat them as not fully full individuals. There might be a right here for uh, youth rights, certainly. But I think fundamentally, our economy does privilege the old. It may fetishize the young. We may have media imagery that makes the young out to be sex symbols and the ideal, but if we look at actually the the, the people who own the wealth, who own the homes, who um, who aren't in debt, it's the old, right? It's um, not not all. It's not universal, but you know there is kind of a parasitic relationship going on between the boomers and the the young. So when I read this story, I can't help but thinking about about this this issue so anyways that's it for the cookie lady it's a short story it only takes a few minutes to read but thank you so much for listening um, if you have any comments about this if you read cookie lady and you, and you have some thoughts about it please um, uh, put them down I'd love to hear from you you can email me at 100pagescast at gmail.com um, but um, uh, rate subscribe share do all those things you do to uh, media you like And I'll be back next time with another episode. Thanks again for listening.